0: Man, You may be seated. Man, that's good. That's a great song. So, you called me from my mother's womb. You called me out of darkness. That's what we like to call on Tuesday nights at Deep, and We call that monergism. Isn't that right, Tori? We call that monergism. Um, so, you know what else the rain reminds us of? It reminds us of who really loves Jesus on Sunday morning. So, that's a good part about the rain. So, by the way, I have a friend here uh, today, uh, Mike. Mike Drury is a pastor in Indiana. He went to college with me. He's here visiting on vacation. So, if you want to know some college secrets, don't talk to him, all right, about about Pastor Joe. So, it's good to have you here, Mike. Uh, My name is Joe Davis. I'm one of the pastors here. We're starting week 11 of our series on Psalm 119 called Open Heart Surgery. I have one more week of this next week, week 12. Then we're going to take a four week break from Psalm 119. Uh, Megan's going to be teaching on worship for the two weeks after, if I'm not mistaken, the 6th and the 13th. She's going to be talking about worship and then Daryl's going to be preaching for two weeks. Uh, and if you're not here, I'll be taking names in the back. So just making sure you know that. But they're going to do a great job and I'm excited about it. And then in September, we'll crank back up with the final few weeks of uh, the final 37 weeks of Psalm 119. Chuck, for your benefits today. The sermon is titled Eyes on Eternity, and I could also title it Eyes for Eternity. Uh, this is what the psalmist is talking about. So I'm going to go right into reading uh, a couple things I wrote down, then we'll go to the passage. So if, the, if salvation and the word of God are so important to us as Christians, why is it that we seem to not be able to look past right now so often? And the answer is because for many Christians, these things aren't so important. Salvation, eternity, and God's word aren't really that important. As a matter of fact, what our life and our focus say is that the now is far more important than eternity. And I'm not, I can understand why that's the case because it's right in your face. As a matter of fact, the world is at constant war with your ability to think about eternity and salvation. The world is constantly saying to you, "No, don't look there. Look at this right now. Follow me. Come after what I have to offer you. Eternity is too far away or eternity is not real or eternity is not something you have to worry about right now." And the world and eternity are at constant war with each other in our hearts. And frankly, without God's word being a crucial part of your everyday life, You have no ability to trust in eternal promises. You know why? Because you won't know anything about them. I mean, where else are you gonna learn about eternal promises except from God's Word? And if God's Word is not a part of your life, all you are going to hear is the world's promises, and that is what you're gonna put your confidence in day after day. And without God's Word, any talk of eternity by Christians is just for show, it's lip service. And our trust and hope is still for a better life here. Without God's word, your trust, your confidence, your attention will remain focused on desire for things of the world, not necessarily things associated with God's word. It'll be associated with more your opinion of justice instead of God's opinion of justice. It'll be a desire for the world's love instead of God's love and the love of his people. Which, by the way, our fellowship, the love of each other, is a preview of eternity. So let's look at the passage today. Psalm 119, verse 81 to 88. Here's what the psalmist says. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke. Yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. Or in other words, traps or snares. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end to me on earth. But I have not forgotten your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Isn't that good stuff? So, like we like to do at Grace Life, and I know I had not been labeling it this way for a while, but a couple of you were concerned that I was dispensing with the historical application of Scripture, the theological, and the devotional, so I've gone back to labeling them for you, okay? The historical application, the psalmist yearnings. I want to look at some words he puts in this. The first Hebrew word is Kalah which means long, and he uses it in both ways. He says, I long for this and my eyes long for. So he uses it both ways with an S and without. It means to end, to cease, to be finished, to complete, to accomplish, to bring to pass, to wholly reap, or to benefit. What he's saying is, my longing is for the end. I desire the culmination. That's what the word longing in this first verse is referring to. A desire that he has to look past now and look at the finished product. The next word he uses is salvation. He says, I desire for the end, the culmination, the completion of salvation. Rescue, deliverance, victory. Uh, My heart is burdened and desiring and drooling over the end of my salvation. Then he uses another word that he longs for, promise. He he says, I long for my eyes. He says, my eyes long to see. In other words, I want to physically experience and admire and observe and see the word of God, the Torah. That's what he says. That's what that next word is, the promise, the word of God, the Torah. Here's what he does. Look, guys, you cannot. This is why we're studying Psalm 119. He equates salvation With God's Word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The Word of God. So the psalmist makes a very clear distinction. I am thinking about salvation, I am thinking about eternity, I am thinking about heaven, therefore, I am thinking about God's Word. The psalmist's poetry describes salvation as the word of God and being synonymous. He knows his salvation, the promise, is the word of God, the gospel, and it's not religion or man's efforts or the world around him. In fact, God's word enables him to see the day of judgment in the same light as he sees salvation. Think about that for a minute. Judgment day, we often think of, okay, judgment day, that's bad. Salvation, that's good. They're the same day. And if you're a child of God, judgment day is salvation day. When Jesus says, you are righteous, I declare you clean, I declare you pure, I declare you one of mine. And the psalmist is able to say, I long for the day when you judge those who try to trap me. He sees both days as the same. His hope for eternity is founded in and fueled by his connection to God's word. That's historically what the psalmist is saying in this stanza of Psalm 119. Let's look at the theological application of this passage. God's word makes us yearn for a few things. The first first thing that God's word does is it makes us yearn for salvation. Eternity, verse 81 to 83. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word my eyes long for your promise. Salvation and promise, God's word are the same thing. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. He says, my soul longs. That's his spirit man. And that's easy to think about, right? Of course, my spirit man longs for heaven. No, He doesn't stop there. He says, the word of God has made my eyes long as well. That is the physical man. He says, my my spirit man longs for salvation and heaven and God's word. And so do my physical physical man, my eyes, my body. I long for it on both ways. And he talks about a wineskin. Let me just tell you what he's saying. He's saying the world is drying me out a wineskin was something you would put wine in and as as the as the wind and the smoke and the rain and all the, the more you used it it would get dry and brittle and it could leak and he's saying the world is drying me out and even though death is working in me he says my spiritual body will not be consumed because i have trusted in the new bottle The new creation he has made me. The soul man, the spirit man. God's word enables us to cling to the new wine bottle. That's where salvation lies. We are new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Theologically, that's what God's word will do for you. It makes you long for salvation. You know what else it makes you long for? God's judgment, not yours. How long must your servant endure? When will your servant judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pits for me. Traps. They do not live according to your law. They don't know anything about eternity. All your commandments, though, are sure, but they persecute with falsehood. Help me. Guys, I'm going to tell you, nothing will force you to obsess about the world around you more than being wronged or betrayed. That's when it's actually hard to have faith in God. When the temptation is so great to take matters into your own hands... But knowing that taking matters into your own hands is, by definition, obsession with the now. You are basically saying, I have been wronged. I do not trust the day of judgment. Therefore, you do not trust the day of salvation. Therefore, you are judge. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Look at the questions he asks. When will you comfort me? How much longer will this go on? When will you judge those who persecute me? Now, the nature of these questions are not faithless. doesn't mean he's struggling with faith. These are the questions about redemption. God, this is really hard here as the world dries me out. As the world is death working in me, it's hard. I'm obsessed with it. I'm, I, I, when will salvation be done? Those are the questions he's asking. They are questions pointed to the day of salvation, eternity, when he finally sees God face to face. And it's okay for us to ask these questions and show grief that what we are experiencing in this world is hard. You know what it's called? Crying out to God. And if you've never been to a place in your life where you've done that, then you don't know Jesus, probably. David and Job both asked these questions. They made these types of petitions. The key is they did not forsake their trust in God's word when they did. This is what's amazing, right? Because our relationship with God's word, if we have that connection, we no longer fear God's judgment, knowing we're safe from it through redemption and grace. But in fact, God's word enables you by some miraculous, ridiculous concept to look forward to judgment. What? How many of you all know you have sin in your life? Just two of you. Okay, good. All of you. Raise your hand. You know what God's word does for you when you understand redemption and grace? God's word says, yeah, as bad as you are, judgment day ain't going to be a problem. What? What? That's what the psalmist is saying, I look forward to the day where you judge the righteous and the unrighteous. The idea of judgment can become a comfort, a goal, knowing that in Christ we are found blameless. That's a supernatural mindset you can only get from time in God's Word. Then the last thing God's Word does for us, it gives us a longing for earthly connection to the Father. And this is key, right? You want to know where the pivotal point is where you begin to start realizing, okay, God's word is really changing my heart and life. When you begin to forsake connection with the world, with a connection with eternal dad, with your eyes on salvation. They have almost made an end of me on earth. They're winning. But I have not forgotten your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life. That I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. No matter the earthly circumstances, you maintain this connection to the Father that is the most important thing. You see that this connection with Heavenly Dad through His Word is your source of life, what will keep you and sustain you. There's a lot of theology in there, so I kind of boiled it down to about 8 to 10 minutes, and I hope you were able to follow that. But that's what time in God's Word does. It, it flips your yearning, a 180-degree uh, process to salvation, God's judgment, and earthly connection to the to, to Heavenly Dad. Now let's look at the devotional. What about me? What am I supposed to do with this? Let me explain how eternity impact, eternity impacts now. How can you know if eternity is impacting you? How can you know right now, as you sit here today, whether or not, okay, am I spending the right amount of time in God's word? Is eternity impacting me? Well, here's the first question. What do you spend your money on? Got really quiet, except for the thunderous. (laughs) That was by design. We have a special effects screw in the back. What do you spend your time on? What brand of judgment are you looking for? Yours? God's? Lastly, how much are you drawn to truth? Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. Do you see what's happening there? The less that you feel this urge to make sure that you hang on to now, the more you're able to grasp and hold on to eternity only because of your relationship with God's Word. And you can tell if you are thinking about eternity by your money, your time, your brand of judgment, and whether or not you long for God's Word at all. See, it's impossible to understand that verse without God's Word. When God's Word has become a priority in your life, you will begin to have the ability to look ahead. As his word is confirmed, remember one of our prayer requests, confirm your word to me from one of our earlier sermons in this series. As his word is confirmed, you can see its impact on your eternal perspective. You begin to long for the final outcomes of redemption. The world around you, while loud and obnoxious, becomes a very pesky mosquito. Anybody relate to mosquitoes this summer in Sarasota? Is it not bad or what? Like in my house, it's horrible. I go out, I was on the dr- driveway outside yesterday just for a little bit trying to fix something on my bike. And I was out there like 30 seconds outside, middle of the day. And I swatted at like nine mosquitoes. I said, forget it, the bike's staying broken. I'm back inside. I'm not worried about the now. <laughs> See, this is what the world becomes to you when you have an eternal perspective, eyes for eternity. The world is a pesky mosquito as you await for the day of salvation. Now, it can be big mosquitoes. <laughs> They can be hurtful. Maybe it's even a bee. It can be painful. But you know, as pesky and as painful as this life is, there is the end of my salvation coming. You become able to spend a life swatting the now away as you keep your soul and eyes focused on salvation. I'm going to read this passage to you. There's a couple I've broken up in 2 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 7. Here's what Paul says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. In other words, you know, precious, delicate human bodies to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Salvation. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that life the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us. I'm not denying that. But life is also at work in you. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day by day. And that does rhyme, but I don't think Paul did it on purpose, but it does. We we'll probably do a beatbox to that one day here. I don't know. Verse 17 For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal impact or weight of glory beyond any comparison. Here's what he says The now ain't nothing compared to eternity. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Isn't that a great verse? I could have just probably read that and closed in prayer, right? Let's look at this concept I want to leave you with, and I'll have a few things to say. God's word frees us from obsession with now so that we can long for salvation it's really hard to long for salvation when all you can think of is right now. Can you see how a life that lives in awareness of eternity can be much more effective in this temporary world? Your values and wisdom that drive daily decisions are starkly different when you have eyes for eternity. The Word of God enables you to see the folly of obsession with the moment, And embrace living for heaven. Longing for the world's things and even the world's justice will mostly leave you heartbroken and grasping for air. But a relationship with God's word frees you from the burden of right now. It gives you a secret weapon in this constant battle between now and eternity. It enables you to have a supernatural, and that's what it really is. It's not a human desire, it's a supernatural desire for eternity and salvation. And you know what begins to happen when you start thinking about eternity more often? You actually get to begin to learn a sense of what life is for, anyway. I mean, if life is just for the now, all it is is a constant battle. Sometimes there's a win. Sometimes there's a loss, and the winds are always temporary. But there is a wind coming for us through Jesus that is not temporary. It's sweeping, it's a blowout, it's like 80 to nothing. It's not even close, it's not a last second field goal. It's done. The enemy has no chance, no prayer, and it can never be reversed. And you need to learn to focus on that victory. And I will tell you, you cannot without time and God's word. That's what the psalmist was saying. I long for your word because your word is my salvation. Dad, there's a lot of loud things in our life. There's a lot of pesky mosquitoes screaming for our attention for our money, for our time, for our anger, for our schedule. There are a lot of things saying, no, don't look into God's word right now. Look at me. Look at the world. Look at us. God, give us the supernatural ability to swat away the mosquitoes of now and focus on truth so that we can learn and have eyes for heaven.